0: Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast from Scoop News Group, Generative AI in Texas, IT Modernization Priorities in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. Here's what's happening this week. Colorado's Department of Higher Education waited more than a month to report a massive data breach to the state attorney general's office, evading state law, according to an investigation by the Denver Gazette. Government agencies are required to report any breach within 30 days of discovery in the state. The Denver Gazette found that the attack was discovered on June 14th and not publicly reported until August 4th. Contracts for technology services awarded to a private firm in Orange County, New York, are drawing scrutiny from state legislators after an alleged conflict of interest was discovered between the contracted company's owner and the county's human resource coordinator. A New York state senator called for the resignation of the county HR coordinator. Civic Technology Nonprofit Code for America announced it's reached a collective bargaining agreement with its union, CFA Workers United, after nearly two years of negotiations. The agreement includes annual pay raises of 3.4% over the next two years, expanded paid parental leave, open paid time off, and layoff protections. A spokesperson for the union called the agreement a victory. You can find these stories and more at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Texas is using an artificial intelligence advisory council to help manage the way it approaches the technology in the state. The council is made up of legislators, academic leaders, and others. Amanda Crawford, the state CIO, is on that council. She tells me about how she's approaching artificial intelligence, specifically generative AI.
1: AI certainly isn't new. Um, We've been using it for years, but generative AI is definitely a game changer. Um, And like with so many things in government, uh, I think we have to be really careful and responsible um, just because of the unique position we have. We aren't like the p- private sector, uh, and you know our, our constituents have to do business with us, so therefore we have a higher obligation to make sure we're deploying new technologies carefully, responsibly, transparently. So one of the approaches that we're taking in Texas is uh, one through a statutory recommendation. Our House Bill 2060 created the Artificial Intelligence Advisory uh, Council. That's made up of members of the House, the Senate, uh, various folks from academia that have backgrounds in ethics, in privacy, um, legal background and constitutional protections. And I think for folks wondering what the Texas approach is going to be is to look at the language in that bill. And when you look at House Bill 2060, clearly state leadership is focusing on looking at privacy, at bias. At responsible usage, at the security around it, and they are seem particularly focused on what is this tool going to be used for around decision making. Are we talking about a final decision making tool? Is it an is it a tool to assist? Um, and really looking at the safe boundaries. We also created then at DIR uh, artificial intelligence work group. we have close to 200 members and those are the real practitioners uh, in our state agencies that are coming together to talk this through um, and to figure out how we can responsibly and securely implement these new technologies.
0: And for a a committee like that or a work group, I mean, how do you take thoughts, ideas, research, work and translate that into true action on something like generative AI?
1: Right. It's definitely going to be a challenge. Um, I I like the makeup of the council that they put in statute. I'm included on the council too, so that's helpful, and I think probably my role is going to help be that translator um, on these technologies. And I also love that we're bringing folks from higher ed with those backgrounds as well. I think what we're really gonna have to look at, it's really hard to future-proof and to legislate around technology, Um, but setting appropriate guide rails and guidelines, it's probably going to have to be an iterative process. So, policies that can evolve and change as the technology evolves and changes.
0: And switching gears just a little bit, I mean, a couple of years ago, Texas established its uh, regional security operations center program. Give us an update on that. How are things going? Where are things uh, moving in that regard? Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're super excited about this. So um, our, we had a pilot regional security operations center. We partnered with Angelo State University to provide security services out in West Texas. Uh, it's been a fantastic success. Uh, right now when we're looking at, in that particularly rural part of our state, um, our potential, when we're looking at coverage in the 20,000 plus endpoints is what we're trying to achieve. Right now we're looking at, we've already gotten to about 14,000. If you're just looking at you know some of these school districts, uh, in particular that we're trying to focus on. We know they're particularly vulnerable. One of the unique things that have come out of this and that we've learned is that when we're trying to schedule meetings, for example, to visit with school districts to onboard them into uh, the RSOC, uh, scheduling these meetings, the, the, the CISO will say, well, I can't do it between these hours of the day because that's when I'm also driving a bus so you're seeing a CISO who's a bus driver who's a football coach who's a librarian doing all of these things because they're doing more with less so that really speaks I think to the value we're going to be able to provide to a lot of these rural districts to be able to give them those security backgrounds and then um, excitingly we have two more in the works we're working on right now uh, doing an interagency contract with UT Austin and UT Rio Grande Valley so we'll have two more RSOCs that we'll be rolling out Uh, over the next year plus. Uh, We've already got interest uh, from a variety of legislatures who now want to put an RSUC in their district. So our ultimate vision and our goal is to have 12 across the state, and it's nice to see that come into fruition.
0: Another area where you've had a lot of progress over the last couple of years is Texas by Texas, Uh, the digital services uh, method of delivery for for Texas residents. What's the latest on Texas by Texas?
1: So with Texas by Texas just reached another milestone. So we just reached six million accounts created um and that's in under two years from the official launch with that six million that's about 26 percent of the age eligible texans that could use these services so we're really be getting out there uh, focusing on that market we've got of course our core Uh, uh, services that we've had with you know driver's license renewals motor vehicle uh, registrations uh, an occupational license we're now working with parks and wildlife to add uh, boating registrations and we're going to add another uh, element to the driver's license to help uh, young drivers when young drivers are getting their certifications from third parties uh, and they're going to be onboarded into the app as well make it a little bit easier for those third parties that help train up the the new drivers in texas so more and more services are coming on board
0: and then lastly, one of the things that uh, has started to be prioritized across states, not just here at NASIO but, but kind of across the board, is thinking differently about accessibility and how it factors into the technology that government is developing. What's Texas doing when it comes to accessibility? I know Texas was an early leader uh, in a lot of ways, so, so where are we at in 2023?
1: So we're continuing to evangelize in the in the world of accessibility. The statewide accessibility coordinator is at our agency, at DIR, and she's constantly getting out there uh, to speak to both uh, the public or public sector as well as the, the partners that we work with. But I guess that's really one of the things that I'd, I would love for the provider community to focus on. Because I can't tell you how many times we're getting products where accessibility hasn't even been considered. You know, I joke that they don't even know how to spell accessibility, <laughs> let alone how to incorporate it into their products and I think the message is it's important please don't come to us if you don't have something that truly all Texans can use regardless of abilities because it's crucial it's so important and it's the law
0: and, and sort of to, to kind of pull it all together, right, we talked about generative AI, we've talked about cybersecurity, we've talked about digital services, and now accessibility. How do you see all of this stuff sort of coming together into your plan for the next year or so?
1: I think it really, all of those different areas kind of focus on um, our key priorities, obviously, of security of having solutions and looking at what is our strategy for the future, how do we try to future-proof the implementation of these technologies, but when considering uh, access for all Texans, Um, and whether it's because you're in a rural community and you need to be able to connect in, um, or it's because perhaps you have, you know, a condition or disability that requires you to use technology in a different way. So I think all of these are just pieces um, of how we're going to move forward. And certainly Gen AI is also going to be able to hopefully help reach some of those populations as well.
0: Amanda Crawford, CIO for the state of Texas. You can read more about her and artificial intelligence at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. The US Virgin Islands is focusing on digital transformation. The US territory is following a strategic plan to approach its modernization efforts. Jonathan Tucker is the deputy director of the Territories Bureau of Information Technology. He tells me about the plan and his approach to digital transformation.
2: For us at the USVI, we are focused on a digital transformation initiative. Um, you know, We have a strategic plan and you know, the crawl, walk, run phase of you know uh, digital transformation is what we've embarked on and with our CIO uh, Rupert Ross we've we've achieved a lot in a short amount of time um, but we recognize that we still have a ways to go um, in terms of achieving all of our goals uh, the good news for us is our leadership our governor from our governor to our legislature they're all on board um, in the U.S. Virgin Islands We are a federated um, environment where we have uh, separated agencies Um, by statute. My agency, the Bureau of Information Technology, is responsible for the executive branch agencies. And historically, many of them have basically done their own thing. So right now, in our digital transformation, our governor has given us our marching orders saying, he wants to be the Digital Transformation Governor, and we we, we heard the call and we're doing the work uh, to make sure that he achieves that goal. This is his second term, and he said to us, look, you got one more year. So, you know, we're pushing hard to make sure that we, um, you know, give him and give the citizens of the U.S. Virgin Islands uh, what we all want in terms of having online portals where they can get citizen services, etc. So where, Enthused by the energy, um, we are looking forward to, you know, finish, finishing the job, and coming to NASIO kind of gives us opportunity to interact with other states and learn what they're doing. Uh, for example, for us, the the cybersecurity grant program that was a big deal for us, and we had the opportunity to work with a state like New Hampshire, and basically use their template. Of their uh, uh, application for our own, we adapted it, and they were very generous in allowing us to do that. Um, so you know that all came out of NASIO. and because of that, you know we're that much farther along. So we're encouraged, we're excited about it, and um, you know looking forward to what comes next.
0: And so let's talk about that digital transformation piece for a second, and then we'll go into the cybergram piece. Uh, you know. Beyond just portals and websites, what, is, what does digital transformation mean in terms of kind of the nitty-gritty when it comes to the, the Virgin Islands? For,
2: for us, it means from paper to portal, basically. Um, anything that you did back in the day with the pencil and stubby you know, paper, put it on a portal. Put it on your phone. Uh, our governor says a lot that he wants citizens to be able to pick up their phone and acquire any service um, that they can get from the government. And that's what we've done. We've partnered with an entity like ServiceNow uh, to deliver on some of those uh, promises. We've also looked at other states like Tennessee and others in terms of what they've done with their ServiceNow implementation. And we're basically you know, following um, and rinsing and repeating. When we have a success, we rinse and repeat and just do it again for another initiative. So it is. It is there's a lot of energy in the US Virgin Islands right now. Even though we, we are way behind in terms of where other states and jurisdictions are, we're beginning to catch up. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and we're in it for the long haul. And what does that,
0: that roadmap, that journey look like to getting you all where you wanna be when it comes to digital services?
2: Uh, for us, it started with one, we needed to get our strategic plan done, and we needed to get our house in order in terms of our structure and our governance strategies and structure that we put in place. Um, governance in terms of IT was a new concept for us in the Virgin Islands, but we've adopted it, and a lot of that came out of uh, our interaction at NASIO. For example, we just hired a BRM, uh, business relationship manager. That is something that was suggested or recommended from Nacio. Um And so things like that, bit by bit, brick by brick, we, we adapt and grow and propel us forward. Um, so it's an exciting time to be in Virgin Islands.
0: And so you talked about the Cyber Grant program, obviously uh, you know, continuing to be a top priority for, for pretty much everyone in, in our community. Um, tell me a little bit about what that partnership with New Hampshire looked like and, and sort of how you worked with them, how you got what you needed and, and then tailored it for the US Virgin Islands.
2: All right, so CISA and FEMA, they have a biweekly conference call And um, I think a couple months back uh, when we started the process, I think it was early this year when we started the process, New Hampshire and some other states were on the call, CISA, FEMA representatives as well. And during the call, uh, the representatives from New Hampshire basically said, you know, we have a plan. It's been approved by CISA, and you're welcome to adopt the plan, take the plan. We'll send you a copy of the plan. And that's exactly what they did. We asked and they sent us the copy of their plan. And we have uh, uh, team members in our shop who took the plan, and we adapted it for the U.S. Virgin Islands. And because of that, we submitted it to CISA and FEMA. Our plan was approved in short amount of time. Initially, before we had that interaction with uh, New Hampshire, we were thinking about spending the first tranche of money to pay someone to help us develop the plan. We didn't have to do that. After interacting with New Hampshire, so we ended up saving ourselves some money that you know we could apply to other things. So the territories we got about 500k for the first year, and I think it was like 100 and uh, 1.5k um, for development, etc. So we ended up having we cou- we could bank that money and apply it to something else in terms of the actual implementation side uh, post. Uh, providing the plan so it was a benefit to us and um, you know I, I was encouraged to actually see some of the New Hampshire delegation here you know thank them for allowing us the use of their plan and so you know that's that's the benefit of coming to NASIO. interactions relationships partnerships um, so we're, we're we're better off today
0: And then to sort of wrap it up, we've talked about digital services and digital transformation. We've talked a little bit about cybersecurity. Uh, How do these things come together along with the other things that you have in flight to sort of chart the course for that next year as as you talk about with your governor?
2: When you're building something, you're only as strong as your foundation. So you have to answer the question of what are the things that you put in your foundation? Governance, cybersecurity, plans, strategy, that's the foundation because whatever you build has to be able to last, and it has to be able to be sustainable. And the sustainability comes from how strong you are in terms of your cybersecurity hygiene, how have you educated your population in terms of the users of your services, et cetera. So you're only as strong as your weakest link, and if your foundation isn't strong, it doesn't matter what you build on top, it's gonna fail. So for us, we look at cybersecurity as that base foundation layer, um, and we're doing whatever we have to do to make sure it's solid and strong.
0: Jonathan Tucker, Deputy Director of the U.S. Virgin Islands Bureau of Information Technology. You can read more about him and digital transformation at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or rating on the podcast page. They make it more likely that more people will find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher all put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.